0: All right, guys. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, brought to you by Tethered. I am thrilled to say that. I know Chase is thrilled to say that. That's cool, man. I'm excited to have another title sponsor. Oh yeah, man. I've, I've it's been in, it was in the works for a while, and I'm I'm glad
1: it actually uh, came to fruition. Uh, when it did, yeah. I, I can't wait to uh, use their products, and uh, I'm glad that the tethered guys decided to uh, take a chance
0: and be the title sponsor of our show. Absolutely. It's got a good ring to it brought to you by tethered. It just, it sounds good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. I, I. <laughs> if you like to swing from a tree to chase deer tethered is your brand. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> well, enough of my my shenanigans, guys. Welcome back to the show. In all seriousness, we are very thrilled to have Tethered as our sponsor of the show. And if you don't know who Tethered is, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, God, this doesn't make any sense, go to Tethered.com, T-E-T-H-R-D.com. Tethered, I think it's Tethered Nation. Tether Is dot it dot Tethered com. Nation? Oh, look at that. See, it's such a new thing to me, I mean, I'm still getting it wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> haven't done my pre-show work here, but... Uh, Either which way, if you'd like to hear about the greatest way to hunt whitetail, the most revolutionary way to hunt whitetail, you need to check out Tethered. They've got a saddle called the Mantis. You can hang from it. It cuts out all the weight of your stand. It fits around your waist. And and all things included, it weighs the exact same as your safety harness you're already wearing. So you're saving a lot of weight. And if you like the idea of having a nice, compact, light platform, you do a little research, check out their Predator. It is hands down not only the coolest looking platform out there it's the most functional platform it doesn't budge on the tree it's awesome and i cannot wait like i am counting down the days until chase can call me and say walter i've seen the light saddle hunting is the greatest thing since sliced bread (laughs) (laughs) yeah man
1: yeah well that's that's gonna well i'm not gonna say that's gonna happen i'm pretty sure that's gonna happen uh but I think I'm due to get all of my stuff in in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So I'm uh, looking forward to that, and I'll be able to uh, test it out and give some good uh, feedback to the listeners of the show on uh, what I think about the uh, the tethered system.
0: Absolutely. Yep, and guys, if, you, if you're new to the show... And you don't realize we are avid whitetail hunters. That is the backbone of our fall and our winter activities. Even though we're going to probably do some fishing, chase some 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 inshore fishing as well, the backbone of what we're going to be doing is hanging from this uh, saddle. So check it out. Chase was right. It's tetherednation.com. Uh, and uh, actually check out G2 Outdoors as well. He's got a, a slew of saddle hunting videos that's greg godfrey one of the uh, co-founders of tethered so go check them out and uh, let them know if you buy something in the notes say you know chase and tail sent us here so with that said with that out of the way chase this is a fun episode this is a fun episode for me i've been looking forward to this idea since we brought it up a couple days ago because this is one of those things where it's the the deer season isn't here The expectations can be whatever they want them to be. We can talk some mad smack. We can have fun with this episode. We're talking about our expectations for the upcoming fall season. And I don't know about you, but I've got some very lofty expectations for myself this year. Do you?
1: Well, that's awesome. I'm not going to say that my expectations are super lofty (laughs) because I'm going to be taking on a new system, something that I I haven't ever uh, dealt with before. And I'm also planning on doing some more public land hunting uh, this season. So, and I've done some tweaks to my bow setup and all kinds of stuff. So, this season, I feel like it's kind of going to be like maybe some trials and tribulations along the way (laughs) that I'm normally not used to dealing with. But that being said, on the seasons where I normally go into them where I'm not feeling (laughs) it, I always have my best seasons, man. It, It doesn't fit the season I felt like the worst going into within the last few years was my best season ever by far. And it, it, it really, uh, it, I think I took the pressure off myself just saying, okay, it's just, this is another season. Let's just go out, have fun. And then all of a sudden it was one of those years where every buck you see is like a shooter, as opposed to when you go out and you're like, you don't see a shooter all season, yeah. which I've had those seasons before. We all have as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But so, yeah, yeah. I, but I am, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, ready to rock and roll for hunting season obviously uh it's already started in florida the in zone a down here Uh, i believe it was this past weekend was it august Ooh, i'm not even sure i think it was august 2nd august 2nd yes august 2nd uh the season has officially kicked off in florida and apparently somebody's already killed like a 160 inch (laughs) buck down in south florida (laughs) (laughs) incredible which is an anomaly oh yeah it, it was like a 14 point or something crazy, but they're already kicking off down there. I mean, I don't really, I envy them a little bit, but not as much as, Hey, it's 95 degrees down there (laughs) with the humidity mosquitoes. Every picture I've seen is either short sleeves or short shirtless with the deer. So there you go, folks. (laughs) That's what you get early season hunting down in uh, South Florida. And it's almost the same whenever it kicks off here, oh, yeah. uh, September fourteenth. I, like I said, I've gone out there in shorts and uh, a t-shirt before because it's just so hot and humid in the evening times.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, it, yeah it, I mean it's it's absolutely no different. I think the they have the the benefit down there because they have that that Keys breeze, that Gulf of Mexico Keys breeze down there. But outside of that, I, man, I don't know that I, I'm too envious of them. Yeah, they're dealing with a lot of swampland yeah, and everything. Else, Everglades. That's that's some that's some tough hunting, man. Yeah, man. That's you got to be hardcore. Yeah,
1: uh, but hope, maybe one year we need to get down to South Florida to kick the season off, Dude, in August.
0: Absolutely. I think that has and to be next year's goal for us. Is we have got to do that. Right, because we're we're in zones. Well, I'm in zone C. You're
1: in zone D, right? Yeah, I you're sh- kind of on the border. I straddle two zones. Yep. Right. And then zone B is just like a super small zone, like in the middle of the like midwestern part of the state, uh, which is like three or four counties uh, in the state. Right. And it has just a weird season date period. But it would be kind of cool to kind of go A, B, C, D uh, throughout and follow just the the season there because – You showed me something the other day, which I was shocked by, which was zone D. There was the end of the season was sometime in March. Is that correct? March
0: 3rd this year.
1: So technically in Florida, your season is August 2nd to March 3rd. Isn't that madness? That's insane. That's that's the... (laughs) Now, granted, something we do need to talk about is Florida's new tag system that we are going to be operating with this season uh it's re- it, i'm not going to say that it's it's it is a game changer for the state that we're finally going to a tag system or something like that and i, I to be honest with you the last couple of seasons i've definitely been over that number <laughs> for sure but it, it's going to be a little bit different cuz we're going to have to log our deer on an app yep. and you've got so much time and you've the tags are you get 5 tags which too can be does, but those does have to be taken during the seasons for antlerless deer. So, which is basically archery. And then there's like a, usually there's a two or three day window, uh, some point during general gun where you can take a doe as well. So that's one of the, that's really one of the few hiccups I kind of had was that I think that if it, the doe tag you should be able to take it at any point during the season, but that, uh, but it's also kind of weird that you can also kill five bucks. Yeah, you don't even have to take a doe; you can just kill all five bucks. I wish it was just three bucks, two does, any time of the season, you're good to go. But uh, it's but they just implemented it, so I'm sure it's going to change over time, anyways. Uh, from what I've heard, that it's just going to be this constant work in progress, and I think it would be a good idea for the FWC to. Kinda get an actual number of how many deer there are being killed oh, yeah. in Florida because uh, they have no clue right now. No, I- in my opinion, there's no way they have a clue. Just, just no way because of some of the people that I know on how many deer they kill. There's no way they're estimating
0: people killing that number. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, and the, and the idea that they think it's only going to impact about fifteen hundred deer. Like the, the idea that they think that this is only going to reduce the harvest by fifteen hundred deer. I think is absurd. I think when they get this data in, they're going to be like, holy crap, that's where all of our deer have been going. Like I genuinely believe, because in some places you have a lot of deer, but in other places in the state, it's, it's, it's densely pocketed areas. You know, if you've listened to this podcast, any duration, you've heard us talk about this before, but you know, you find deer and they're there and then you could go, you know, a couple miles in any direction and it becomes much more scarce. It's very densely pocketed areas. And I think, I think people are going to be surprised by the amount of people who were drawing on that resource uh, and the amount and, and the, the general decline that's going to occur, but who knows? It's all speculation, but along that same thread of things that are going to change or frame this discussion today, what States are you hunting this year? I, I've talked to you about this a lot, but I don't know that we've talked about this with our guests. Where are you going this year? Right now I'm just planning on
1: staying in Florida. I think I'm going to concentrate my efforts here because like I said, I, there's a couple of public land areas that I want to try out. And I also drew a quota hunt uh, right at the beginning of archery season. And then there is another, it's an eight day type public land hunt that kicks off right before muzzle loader season near my house, which I plan on hunting. So I could, Maybe the only way I kind of see a hunt out of state would be late season okay. uh, this year. Uh, I've had an invite uh, on some like late season, maybe out of state hunts. Uh, so I'm looking at maybe some of those. But as far as I have got so much going on this fall, not, and it's not necessarily going to cut down on the amount that I hunt. Sure. But I, like right during the prime time of like when you'd want to go out to the Midwest, I'm like slated to take like several classes for work and they're like 40 hour classes where I have to be there. Uh, And it's only those dates in particular. So I'm just like, okay, well, my Midwest rut hunt is probably not going to happen this year. And I put in for my fourth preference point for Iowa this past season. So I'm hoping that I'm just going to save up that time that I would have gone this year and hopefully hopefully, use it towards Iowa next year if me and my buddy get drawn next year because I'm feeling that that's going to be more than, like, a five- or six-day hunt. Like, if you're going on a hunt to Iowa and it takes you literally five years to draw that tag, I'm not going to put, like, a five-day window for me to get done out there. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to – it's probably one of those, like, ten-day hunts. And we also have a chance – and I know I'll draw in Kansas if I apply for that tag. And we figure, hey, let's go out to Iowa. If we get it done early, then we just come back through Kansas Mm -hmm. and hit up Kansas as well. So I've almost got like two Midwest hunts planned for next season. So unless we go out to – unless for some reason we go out to Arizona maybe in January this year, uh, as far as me going out of state, it's probably not going to happen right at this moment. I'm not going to say it's not because I could – uh, get an invite at some point, and someone's like, Oh, yeah, you need to come out here, and it just be, and it could be the end of October, you know what sure. I mean? Right before the rut kicks off. Uh, what about you, bud? Uh, what are your plans this season out of state wise?
0: Well, I mean, I'm going on a Colorado elk hunt, but it's a tag along hunt, so I don't really consider that part of like my harvest goals because I'm going out there. Uh, you know, without the ability to bring something home. So that is like setting the stage for my future trips out West. I'm learning how demanding it's going to be. I'm going to come up with a plan to be more fit and ready for that. But realistically, I may go hunt uh, with some buddies up in Georgia, but dude, I'm pretty much all in Florida. I had that great encounter with that great buck last year, uh, put in the time on the ground and I've already started my scouting. I started last weekend and uh which probably sounds like it's late for a lot of people, but I'm still two and a half months away from my deer season. So, uh, I, my goals all center around the state of Florida. That's, that's, I've kind of taken on this little like chip on my shoulder where I want to harvest some good deer and make some good content right here in the state of Florida, which is something I feel like no one's doing. So, I kind of want to pioneer that. Yeah, without a doubt. We've had some. Listeners of the show reach out
1: and talk about uh, some of the stuff that we're doing in Florida, and they think that that's awesome. Yeah. And I think that we will, if we kind of take this, maybe take this year and focus on that, maybe we'll be able to bring uh, some great content uh, to the listeners and hopefully maybe catch some of of it for the our YouTube channel that's uh, starting to kick off here. Yeah,
0: no, and that that's a great segue. In fact, uh, by the time you're listening to this episode, we will have dropped vlog number two, which is a preseason, saddle preseason prep uh, collaboration between us and the Southern Ground Hunting YouTube podcast, YouTube and podcast. Um But it's breaking down. I'm breaking down our climbing system. We're going to move to our packs. We're going to show you what our saddle setups look like. And this isn't an authoritarian way of going about this, guys. You know, if you've been listening to any time now, I haven't killed a deer in a couple years now because of a variety of reasons. Largely time-constricting reasons. But this is a how-we-do-it series this is just this is what we're doing and there's a lot of people who are new to saddle hunting as we continue to introduce tethered and saddle hunting topics to this podcast that uh, that's going to continue and we get a lot of really basic questions and I can answer some basic questions so that's what this series is all about and I'm having a lot of fun doing it and I want to continue that thread of 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 short uh, short videos Um, and I know we're going to that's something we've talked about it's probably going to be kind of limited for now uh, largely because we're limited by the equipment we've got. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's going to be a good time. So uh, what do you say, now that we've framed the context of this conversation, people know where we're going, what we're doing, uh, what do you say we kind of jump into some of our expectations um, uh, for this upcoming year?
1: Okay, cool. That, that sounds good. How about maybe I'll start off with some goals that I have for this season. Okay. Um, like I kind of mentioned before, my goal isn't necessarily to light the world on fire this season, but I definitely want to get my saddle hunting system dialed in. That is the goal, Righteous. one of the primary goals for this season. I'm getting that saddle, I'm getting the predator platform. I, I really want to get that dialed in. I've, I've never used it uh, last year. I mean, you kind of, you hunt out of it a lot last year, and you said it took you a little bit to kind of get it dialed in comfort-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You still, technically, you still haven't killed anything out of your saddle, right? Nope. So it's going to be interesting for the moment of truth, because I feel like day one, I might be sitting there, and a buck comes out right there in front of me, and and it's going to be one of those weird situations. So I really feel like I need to get out there, and put the practice in like Greg mentioned on his podcast that we did with him a couple of weeks ago is to get it all on, get out there and just practice in the backyard while I'm sh- taking the time to shoot my bow in the backyard. It doesn't take much time. I can already have my stick set up yep. or whatever, Yep. climb up in the tree and start moving around, taking all the different shots that I see myself maybe getting, during the season. So I'll at least have a little bit of, okay, yes, I can do this shot or know how to move around the tree when I have to take that shot. Uh, I, I'm going to be using a different, I'm going to be using a different climbing uh, system than you. It's, I mean, it's kind of the same, but I mean, it's, it is a little bit different. So I obviously want to get that dialed in. I've never used a aider to help me climb the tree. So that, that'll be something new uh, as well. And to be honest with you, using as the saddle as much as I'm going to is going to be different for me because of I'm not just a primary bow hunter. You are pretty much all bow hunter. Yep. I am not all bow hunter because I told you bone collectors don't discriminate long time ago. <laughs> and I'm going to be hunting with a muzzle loader. I'm going to be hunting with my rifle in it as well. Sure. Uh, I'm not going to exclusively hunt in those because there's some areas where there's just no tree to get in where I hunt and I mean, I can say I'm hunting in my saddle, I can have it on, but I'll be sitting in a tripod <laughs> stand in those areas. Yeah. So technically I could say, hey, I took this with my tethered, <laughs> with my mantis, because I was wearing it in, in the street. Uh, but like I said, there's a couple of areas where I just can't, it's just not feasible for me to use uh, the the saddle. right? But I still, I'm going to plan, I, but in all the areas that it is, I'm planning on using it. Sure. And I've got, I want to be able to practice, Shoot my muzzle loader with it. Shoot my rifle with it because I know that's going to be a little bit different. I'm used to being able to like really get propped up and settled in on shots because I'll take long, I'll take longer shots. Like not all my shots are within hundred yards. Right. Uh, I've had times where I've sh- had to shoot three hundred um, before, and that doing all that I think is going to help me in all the years to come. So if I feel like if I get a good system now, get it dialed in. I'll, I'll be ready for when I go out west next season, I'll be going out there with my saddle and I'll be ready to rock and roll and not have to worry about when that 180-inch giant from Iowa walks under me that I know what I'm doing in the saddle. So that's one of my goals for this season is getting that saddle system dialed in. The second goal is to uh, kind of familiarize myself with the public land around me. Uh, A buddy of mine pointed out to me the other day that there was actually 30,000 acres of public land within like 45 minutes of my house that I was unaware of. He was also unaware of that, and he kind of lives near me. Uh, He's going to be hunting exclusively on public land this year, so he's been doing a lot of uh, scouting to see like when, what dates they're open and do you have to have a quota permit, not have to have a quota permit. So one of my goals is to go out and scout these areas, uh, just to just to see what's out there. I mean, thirty one thousand acres is a lot of land. Oh yeah, and it's going to be hard to just break down going out there one or two times. You know what I mean? Um, it it's one of those deals where I feel like I, I've got access to private to two places that I hunt on private. And I want to kind of lay off those a little bit. I, I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice by just keep going to those areas. Even though I'm switching it up, I'm not hunting the same stand all the time or anything like that. I'm, I'm mobile on my private land as well. I just feel like maybe I'm doing myself a disservice by not checking out these public areas beside me where I could just be letting my private areas rest. Sure. And it also, who knows, maybe I'll, I'll, I'm sure, and I know there's big bucks on these, uh, public land, uh, is, and I kind of want to test my woodsmanship out. Um, that that's one of the things that I feel like i lack on a little bit is woodsmanship, like maybe identifying what certain trees are, uh, certain plants. And I feel like I need to work on that. And I feel like the best way for me to do that is to go out on some public land and really test my, my skills as a hunter. Uh, not saying that private land doesn't do that, but after you've been on the same private piece for the last 10 years, uh, you, you kind of have a good idea of the flow and everything that goes on on that piece of property. Uh, where is the public land? I'll just be going in blind, scouting those areas and going, okay, well, there's deer here. There's not deer here. Uh, I've, I've listened to a bunch of podcasts here and there, and they talk about breaking down public land and all that stuff. So I've, I've kind of been doing that uh, as well as, okay, how do you even go about breaking down right. 31,000 acres? Or what if there is a smaller piece? Okay, well, is it worth it for me to hunt this smaller piece? Uh, because maybe there's a lot of people hunting on that smaller piece or vice versa. There could be nobody hunting on that smaller piece, and I find a gold mine third minutes from my house. Uh, so I, I think that would be kind of cool. And I plan on coming out, and as long as I still have tags <laughs> hunting with you uh, at the end of the season, uh, because that is one of those deals where you only get five tags now, so it's not like you have tags the whole season. So I could be—I don't think I will be. I think I'm going to hold on to that last tag, anyways. You, you just that like the hail mary tag—I'm going to call it—is <laughs> for unless unless I just see a giant somewhere, uh, and I've already taken four deer. But I think I'm just going to hold on to that tag for at least until right at the end of the season. But. And then if I don't see anything, then I just will say, okay, well, I didn't use all my tags this season, which doesn't bother me uh, in in the least bit. But And I also want to get better at cyber scouting. I feel like I, I really don't – I've never really had to use it that much. I mean, I've used it a little bit here and there, but I really wouldn't say I'm good at it. And I think that being good at cyber scouting will also help me being proficient on public land. Not necessarily to say that I, I have to be good at that because a lot of times boots on the ground is one of the main keys uh, for success on public land, but I, I ought, but I do think that it will help me. And then if I get good at that now, whenever I go out to Iowa or Kansas or some of these other states, because that's a lot of what you get to do is cyber scouting, I think that it'll help me uh, in the future as well. So those are three of my goals. Get my saddle system dialed in. uh learn some of the public land around me and get better at cyber scouting. Uh, what about you? What are your uh, goals for this season?
0: You know, mine are actually kind of similar. Um, it, it's funny as I listen to you, I, I have similar goals, but they're a little more like focused, not that yours weren't you know, bad or anything. It's just, I think I've dialed in a little like heavier. So for me, I want to kill three deer from a saddle on public land. Um, you know, I get five tags. I'm probably going to shoot something on public. I'm um, sorry, on private, that one private parcel I have. I plan on taking a doe basically opening morning. <laughs> um, right. It's not pressured. It's, you know, it's recovered some from the hurricane. We've got the roads cleared and I've got some more work I got to do over there, but it's just, it's, there's a lot of deer and there's just a high likelihood I'm going to kill something there. Um, so I'm going to say, I want to kill, you know, three more deer on public land. You know, that's kind of I just I feel like I had that opportunity last year, um, and had some setbacks, and I kind of want to prove to myself that I've, I've got got a good grasp on uh, this area here. Um, had a lot of cool encounters, and I, I couldn't care less if all three of the well they couldn't all three be does, but if they're all small deer, I really do not care. For me, it's just about getting back in the saddle, pun intended, and uh, you know, oh, yeah. getting after it. So that, that's goal number one for me. Goal number two is I want to hunt two different parcels of public land that I haven't previously hunt, hunted. Um, there's, there's, there's one or two great spots on every piece of public, I believe. Um, maybe they're not as great as every other piece of public, but that area has got one or two really good spots. And I feel like I found that a lot of these areas have little honey holes kind of tucked away and you got to kind of look for them to find them. They're not as abundant and they're sometimes hidden by rows of pine trees. But if you're willing to, you know, walk down a trail four five, 600 yards, suddenly you come up on an Oak Grove that just doesn't easily show up. And, um, you know, I think through the cyber scouting, I've kind of identified some of those areas that are off the beaten path. And, um, I'd like to just start getting to know other areas. And I think this will help keep me honest and keep me from getting too predictable in where I'm going to hunt. Um, so there's there's a WMA a little way, little ways northwest of here that I want to hit, um, and there's another one here close to Tallahassee. I'm gonna probably go hit and um, probably in the 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 Z the C season. So zone C season, I'm probably gonna go over there and try and hit it as well. But. Um, basically all of my eggs are going to be in that, uh, December, January hunt for good deer. But, uh, in that time outside of that, I plan on basically using every hunt as a scouting mission, find hot sign, get in there. If I don't see anything great, I'll probably just keep walking all day until I, I just either it's dark or I find something, you know, just eliminate acres because I've got hundreds of thousands of public acres of public land here. And I just need to figure out where the, where the deer are, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt you definitely have the advantage as far as how much public land you have access to in your area. I, I I have pockets where I'm at. There's pockets to the north of me, a little bit to the south, and to the east. But I definitely don't have nowhere near the amount of acreage that you have up there to explore, and uh, which I think is awesome. But I also have more access to private land than you do. Yes. So it's kind of a twofold tick for tack type thing. Um, And I, the, the, one of the cool things, well, one of my other goals is I I didn't really mention, I kind of mentioned all my public type goals, but on my private property, I've been following a, there's a buck that I've been following for the last two years. Uh, You know him by Romeo. I've mentioned his name before (laughs) on the podcast when I came on, uh, initially came on and the guest no longer. And I, I don't know that he's – I'm assuming he's alive. I know that he made it through the season last year because I had picks of him uh, when the season was over. But you never really know. Uh, you know what I mean? And I don't yeah. really ever get any velvet picks of him, to be honest with you. He kind of always shows up kind of in that October range and then just sticks it out throughout the rest of the season uh, where I'm at. So I would like to kind of intersect Romeo's path at some point and have a chance at, uh, at taking them. And I think that I've kind of narrowed down what he's doing. So this year will be a kind of true test on does chase really know what he's doing (laughs) (laughs) or is this is this deer just going to haunt him for another season? And there's a couple of other deer that I, uh, there's like two or three other deer that I definitely uh, wouldn't mind taking either. So to get on any one of them, uh, that would be uh, awesome as well. So that that's kind of one of my goals is to be able to uh, maybe use some of the intel that I have from the past and help me
0: succeed this season. Well, and that joker's patternable as heck. You know, it, if you, I feel like if you lived in Ohio where maybe there was some fields or some something to actually funnel him with any kind of predictability, you know, that's one of the things we've talked right. about in Florida. Everything is a travel corridor, more or less. Everything is betting area, more or less. I feel like he would have died last year if you if there were like pinch points like genuine pinch points and stuff like that because <laughs> you've got his core area down don't let me overstate this but like what 100 200 acre area I mean like you've got him pinned down pretty pretty dependably same time every year
1: Yeah well, definitely during that part of the season yeah. like he he still moves around the whole area but there's definitely a specific time where he's kind of stuck yeah. in that same like 100 acre to 200 acre parcel of the the 500 acres total there is and dude i was a vine away from getting a shot at him last I year know. hanging out so I, know. I was there i went in that was i had never really felt more confident on a going in on a morning's on a say i'm going in to kill this day you know what yep. i mean it wasn't one of those hunts where i'm like okay, oh well maybe i knew that that day was my chance. Like I I thought that if I had a chance the entire season and the intel that I had and the type of morning that it was, I was like, this is the day. (laughs) that. And I hadn't, I had never laid eyes on him until that point either. I know he had just been a ghost all around there just shows up on all the cameras, but just never when you're in that area. And when I set up in that stand and then he stepped out all of a sudden, I was like, I I couldn't believe it. (laughs) And then of course, When you set up on a random tree in the dark, you don't know that there's vines yeah, 40 yards out there covering three-quarters of the shot. And, of course, I had just a slight window to take a shot. Yeah. And if that had not been there, I would have gotten a shot. But then he saw a doe, and then the rest of his history, he was long gone after that doe. But it was kind of cool to be like, hey – I I I had that feeling, and I knew that that was going to be the day. Right. Like I just, just, something told me that that was going to be the day. Now that there are times when you feel that and just nothing happens, uh, maybe it was just gas or something. But <laughs> it it's kind of cool that that happened, and maybe I'm hoping that maybe I'll have that same epiphany this season when I'm like, okay, Chase, this this is it. This is your chance. Because I, I don't. That's the other reason why I kind of want Hunt hunt the public and stay out of there is just like, okay, let him feel comfortable. Just keep – let him feel comfortable the whole season because that's – when you get him comfortable, then that, that's kind of when they start making more mistakes than they normally would. And he's going to be I, – I had him at four, four-and-a-half last year, so he should be a five-and-a-half-year-old maybe this year. So he's going to even be tougher <laughs> uh, this season, maybe. Maybe not. So we'll see. Uh, and hopefully – at the end of the season, I'll be able to go. Okay, yeah, uh, what I said to everybody worked. Or I'll be like, well, I'm, i really don't know anything. I'm, I'm, I'm dumb. So, but that, <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of really my only. And I hunt another spot, as everybody knows. I, there's another spot that I hunt, and it is really good during muzzleloader season, and it's decent. Kind of the last end of archery season and muzzleloader, and then it kind of dies off for a while. And then it'll pick up a little bit at the end of the season as well. But that's more of, that's a hunting club where I hunt with like eight other guys. So it's a little bit different. Um, But yeah, uh, my buddy's been sending me some picks. He's kind of into the Velvet Fest thing. uh, And he's been sending me some picks of some good deer that we uh, have there. None of them that I I could say I have history with or anything like that. But so that'll be exciting um so what, what was your other goal my, I know you had another goal and I kind of
0: jumped <laughs> no in that's fine that's fine it's I think your your story is a little more complex than mine I'm just a public land bow hunter you know you've got that that dual <laughs> dynamic going so I don't mind it at all and that's a saga that not everybody's really been privy to but you know you've been more or less chasing that deer about well about as long as I've known you haven't you yeah yeah yep. um yeah yep. so But this year – and it's
1: been kind of cool to do that. I've never been able to do that before. It's kind of a rarity in Florida. Uh, You don't get that option. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's not – I mean, some people – there are some areas where they do, but this buck is – that's – apparently that's his home during the hunting season or our majority of the hunting season. And his his rack was identical to what it was the year before, just a tad bit bigger. Right. I mean, so I'm like 90 – percent certain that it's the same deer <laughs> and he was in the same areas you know what i mean He's yeah. like he showed up he showed up a couple of areas pretty much within a day or two of what he did the season before on trail cam so i'm i'm pretty darn certain that that's him so we'll see we'll see if he uh if he did anything and then we did some things on that property this season to maybe oh, help yeah. him out a little bit yeah so i'm not even going to throw that out there until i see what he looks like to see if it helped him it, i'm i've seen pictures of deer in there <laughs> this season and i know that it's helped For sure, just by looking at some of the deer, and they've also got some birthdays on them too, so that that always helps as
0: well. Yeah, but he's probably what like a four and a half, five year old deer now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's five. I think he's five and a half. This season he'll be five and a half. Um, But he didn't make a big jump last season. He will this year. He made a jump. He will this year, but he didn't make a huge (laughs) one. And I am hoping. that he does, but who knows? We'll see. And if he doesn't, I don't care. It's still the story, man. Yeah. Our our podcast is about chasing tales and the stories behind uh, the hunt. And it's just one of those ones where you, if you get to, you're almost kind of like, you hope that it's like, Oh, well I want to hunt him all season and maybe I won't get him, just so he'll make it another season. <laughs> yeah. um, but I know that this season, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the season that, uh, unless somebody else gets him, which if somebody else gets them's awesome because one of the things I always think about is like you think that you're the only person chasing that deer. Well, it's probably not the case because you hear stories all the time where the guys like, "Oh, I've been watching that deer for three yeah. years," <laughs> and you see where <laughs> somebody <laughs> kills it a mile away from you, and then he can go back and show you like three years yeah. of trail cam data, and you're like, "Okay, well, that was not I, that wasn't my deer. It was a deer that right. was in this area during certain <laughs> times, but." he can make a lot of mistakes between now and then or during the hunting season that I have no clue about or any control over. And that's what makes all
0: of it cool at the end of the day. Absolutely. And then I'll move on to the next one. Absolutely. No, for sure. It's, um, it's one of those things where the cool thing about hunting is the amount of people doing it and, and the, the, the things that can come from it. It's just the stories are just, you, you, you think you've got everything figured out until you don't. And then it's awesome. How a a lot of times it's awesome how much you didn't, like, you were wrong. (laughs) You know, like, you you weren't even close. You you, you know, you thought you had it figured out. But uh, I I hope you do kill Uh, him, man. I really do.
1: I've done that a thousand times
0: where I've been wrong. But all (laughs) I need to do is be right once. That's right. That's right. So So, my last goal is, like, hyper woodsmanship, right? So last year I I realized that uh, uh, persimmons and white oaks are very abundant here. Um, I oh, okay. I haven't found any persimmons, but people locally have told me like, dude, there's, there's a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of persimmons in this area as well. So my goal this year is to find as many, or just to find persimmons and white oaks dropping food, uh, this, this upcoming fall on public land. So, you know, I, I identified a lot of really dope, um, um, uh, swamp chestnut oaks that just weren't dropping. And, uh, w- my goal this year is to find that kind of primo food source, uh, on public land and kind of get after it. Yeah, that,
1: that makes sense. I mean, that's kind of going to be my tactic as well this season is to get out there and just, I keep hearing on Pog is like find the hot sign, yep. find the hot sign. You'll know what hot sign looks like when uh, you're on it in some of these areas where, like I said, I'm used to where I can feed deer and stuff like that. <laughs> and I, I mean, I've hunted on public before. I've killed, like I've mentioned, I've killed deer on public land. Right. I just wouldn't say I was a good public land hunter then. Right. It was kind of more of, oh, yeah, this area looks good. Let me set up. Sure. And then, who knows, I, I got lucky, whatever. Uh, but I feel like I'm going to have a lot better chance if I can – my scouting is better and I can find that hot sign. But when I'm going on these public pieces – like we mentioned before, and I've kind of talked to my buddy, I was like, man, we've got tags now in Florida. So it's not like I can just go in and say, okay, I'm going to shoot uh, whatever, the the first eight point that steps out in front of no. me. Because before on public, you were kind of like, I was always kind of the impression, if there was a buck, a, a semi-decent buck, you were taking it because that was a... If it's brown, it's a, down, baby. Uh, a stud on public land, <laughs> but... That ain't gonna be that, which is good because guys like me that are gonna yeah. be going on some of these public land hunts are gonna be passing on these deer that normally we would not pass on because we now have right. a tag system, right? Which I think will help is definitely gonna help in the long run because nobody's like, oh man, was like, well, you're not. It's like, because yeah, I can kind of see that. I was like, well, I'm not gonna shoot anything on public that I wouldn't shoot on my private spots. That that's my that's kind of my cutoff right there. It's like, okay, well, would I shoot him on my private spots? No, then I'm not going to take sure. them on the public spot. Sure, that that's that's kind of where that's where I'm at as far as goals on there, and my goals differ based on weapon too. Uh, they kind of go up. I mean, hunting a deer with a bow is hard. Hunting a deer with a bow in Florida is f- uh, for one of the hardest things that I've ever done, uh, to be honest with you. And I, I, I my hats are off to anybody that kills any size deer with their bow anywhere in the country because it's just so difficult. A lot of times to get these, especially in Florida, to yeah. get a deer within range. I mean, it's a little bit different in the Midwest because, like I said, you have pinch points and funnels and stuff that they they have to take if they want to stay hidden right. or not go across the field and stuff like that. It's still really difficult to kill a buck with a bow, but it, I, I almost I mean, if you can kill a buck in a bow with Florida, you, you're you're doing something for sure. Or any deer, a doe. Shoot, some of these does are just as hard to to kill. Uh, some of these old does that sit there and blow at you and everything else oh, yeah uh, cuz they they've just got so much to worry about with fawns and everything else they're they're just as difficult to kill a lot of times uh with a bow so my hats are off out there to anybody getting it done uh on public land private land with a bow uh uh
0: that's awesome for sure for sure yeah no and i think uh finding that hot sign finding that uh, that difference maker man i mean that's I think just, find, you know, you have these areas where it's, Florida isn't the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, there isn't a whole lot of food, right? Like, there's not a, lot, a whole lot of good, high-quality food. So, if you find something sweet, like grapes or, you know, persimmons, I feel like early season and late season, depending on when they're dropping, that could really, you know, be a thing. That could really be a um, a hot thing that makes the difference for you, you know? So I think the same thing would go for white oaks because a lot of what you hunt otherwise is live oaks. And that's a red red oak species and a little more tannic acid to it. And obviously they're going to prefer something that's a little more digestible and sweeter. So, um, you know, that's kind of of my my goals, real modest goals going into this year. But, um, you know, unlike you, my public land, anything that's legal is dying. (laughs) the first the first yeah yeah. it it,
1: it should be that's what you're that's all you have to hunt i mean for the most part i mean you have one little private piece but that's what that's what you have to hunt i've always said that i I don't have a problem with i have no problem with what your goal is this season it does not affect me in the least bit nor will it i have my own goals you have your goals go for it man i I don't i've never had a problem with what people's goals were as long as they were being legal I, i really don't care yeah, for sure. You don't. I'm not expecting Walter to go out and take three bucks that are 110 inches or better on public land. And if he takes something smaller, then he's he's doing something wrong. No, no <laughs> That's not the case. You go out and do what makes you happy, man, and fill the freezer because it's been a little bit of a drought. It has it? Uh, has as we all know. So yeah, you go. I'm I'm rooting for you, buddy. I know it's going to happen this season, and it's just going to be a storm—a Walter
0: Lee storm this season. <laughs> it's going to be great to shake that moniker of of being a you know the guy that doesn't kill anything. So I've got the time, I've got the resources, and and that's all going to change. I'm not I'm not super worried about it. But you know, you kind of talked about some like lofty things there in your last comment. It was like you know I'm not expecting you to go out there and kill a bunch of 130s. That's kind of bordering on the bold side of things. And on that same note, one of the things we did for the Yak and for Bass Challenge was we threw out some bold predictions and people ate that up. They had an absolute blast with it. So I think we each need to come up with a couple bold predictions and we need to kind of put that 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 mojo out there and, and see what sticks. What do you think? Like some some chasing tales, hot takes for the deer season.
1: Yeah, man. I think we should have one for ourselves. Okay. A piece. And then one for each other. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. So I make one for you, you make one for me, and then we just have one for
0: ourselves. How's that sound? I, I I like that. So one for me, one so. One you have one for yourself, yep. and then you have one for the other person. I'm on board. So you're you're gonna have a
1: bold prediction for me. Gotcha. And I'm gonna have a bold prediction for you. Let's rock it, man, for this season. You go first. Awesome. Oh well, I have I kind of thought about it before because we we kind of talked about hey maybe we are going to have a bold prediction on this podcast yeah. or whatnot and I don't know how bold of a prediction this actually is but I am going to go that I will kill a buck on public land and I will
0: kill my target buck this season and kill Romeo is what you're saying yes. Yep. I I like that. That's bold. So you're going to kill a, bu- a buck on WMA and you're going to kill Romeo. Yep. That's 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 bold. Th- that is bold because I already told everybody that my standards yeah.
1: are <laughs> public yeah. I like land. I
0: mean, guys, he's going to be a damn good buck if he kills Romeo. I mean, just if nothing else changes, he is he's a beautiful deer, so that's uh, yeah no doubt that's a podcast it's in and of itself
1: amateur buck yeah yeah oh man that will be a good podcast yeah
0: you i tell you what i say it right here right now you kill romeo this year i will drive down immediately and we will record a podcast about that encounter we'll sum up the whole saga because that is just too cool a story yeah man we should i think that would be awesome i think you should help me recover him. i mean i'll call
1: you you give me a holler I and I'll come him. on yeah man that'd be awesome well Unless,
0: obviously, it's during the middle of the week. (laughs) I don't know, man. I I, I have not called out sick for anything, and... (laughs) i've got that i've got that sudden flu that just it's really weird when it yeah exactly you got buck fever man Buck (laughs) Buck fever. Fever. a lot of people that have called into work for buck fever oh what a classic what a classic (laughs) or they got eye problems they can't see themselves coming into work (laughs) oh man okay so I, i guess i'll go with my uh bold prediction for myself and then we'll flip back to you and you can give you give me uh your prediction for myself yeah, yeah, perfect. All right, so yeah, I think my bold prediction is that I punch four of my five tags on public land this year. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, that is bold since uh, you hadn't you didn't fill any at all last season. So uh, four is a good bold prediction. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you're gonna have a lot. you, you haven't really had a lot of. Time the last several seasons, so I'm th- time has been your number one factor. Absolutely, on why you hadn't got it done, especially two years ago. I think you hunted like two or three times. It was ridiculous. It, it really was bad. Uh, I, I would have definitely uh, been in like a, a mental hospital or something. <laughs> like, I don't really hunt two or three times <laughs> oh, for the season. Yeah, but you were also doing the podcast. You were CPA. Building blah, a house. Blah, blah, blah. It was just yeah, building a house, <laughs> yeah. man. Masters. You were just, you were yeah, just there was slain. There was a two
0: year stretch there where free time was. A luxury. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) So. Exactly. So you're, well, the
1: funny part is, is you know what my bold prediction is for you? Because I already have it written down. (laughs) But it was not that you would fill four of them. I said, Walter will fill all his tags this season. Whoa. You will kill
0: five deer this season. Oh, man. That is. That is. That is a smoking hot take, man. I tell you what, right now, if I punch 5 tags this year, that is going to be like the that is redemption. That is completely shaking the idea that I've got any kind of ineptitude in the woods, man. That's just going to be like a hard reset.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I that will be a hard reset for you and I I really I almost don't want you to kill off five because I'm going to have to hear about how you're the world's greatest. No, I'm just kidding, but I hope you do, and I've got a good feeling that it's going to happen. So I'm I'm making that prediction right now. I don't even think it's that bold, to be honest with you. But I didn't really, I couldn't really think of like, well, what else? What other kind of bold prediction? Five, can I five
0: bucks would have been would have been bold, him, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. That that's about as bold as it gets. <laughs>
0: Oh man, I got some big, I got some big, uh, uh, I've got some like seriously big expectations here. Um, All right, so so here here's my bold prediction for you, and I think this one's gonna catch you (laughs) off guard. You ready? Yes. I think you kill Romeo during bow season. Woo. I do. I think, I think you're going to go in there on some kind of like reconnaissance hunt. Like I just see this in my head. I, I can see you itching to get on the private land. You're going to go like, I'm going to, I'm going to like do an observation hunt or something. And you're going to get in there and all of a sudden out like the right corner at 20 yards is going to be Romeo just chilling on a green briar. Just chewing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that, that's definitely a bold prediction because I, I, to be honest with you, it's, I don't really have a lot of encounters. I, I haven't hardly had very many encounters right. with big bucks during bow season yeah. uh, where I'm at. I, and that's not just necessarily me. I mean, my father-in-law's been hunting, oh, 30 years, 35 years here. And the biggest buck he's killed with his bow is like 100 inches. I mean, You know what I mean? Wow. And he's got uh, a 146, a 135, a, a one forty. On his wall, I mean, they're muzzleloader and rifle kills, but he just he just doesn't – him as well he just doesn't have those encounters with big bucks uh, early season. I, I really don't know uh, why that is. but And some people, like I said, that guy the other day, he killed a 160. But uh, I just haven't had those encounters, so I will say that's a bold prediction because – uh, well, I don't even – the biggest buck I've killed in Florida with my bow is probably around 110, 112 inches or something like that with a bow. I've killed bigger yeah. with a uh, muzzleloader rifle. But – and I I think Romeo will probably be around that 120 to 125 mark probably sure. this season because um, I feel like he was around 115-ish, 117 last year because um, he's not super wide. That's kind of – one of the reasons why I don't think he's that big, but if he if he makes a gross spurt, but who knows, he could be one thirty. So yeah, uh, that that would that I would probably cry if I shot a one thirty <laughs> in Florida with my bow. <laughs> the culmination of so many years of oh, a bow hunting man. in Florida, I would uh, I, I probably would just if, if it was caught on film, you'd probably see like a tear running down <laughs>
0: <laughs> my <brow. laughs> Um, dude, if I kill but, a one thirty with, with my bow, I can guarantee you right now I'm crying. Guaranteed. I mean, sobbing like a baby, crying man. There's just no way.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that that's that's kind of a marker, like, said for sure for Florida. A 130 with your bow is. I mean, I probably consider that to at least kill for somebody killing a like a 170 or 180 in Iowa or Kansas or one of those states because they're just not that many. And you don't. I mean, for like the top 10 bucks in Florida normally number 10 sitting around 130 inches you know what i mean right. and that's the top 10 that i mean obviously there's probably some that aren't entered in and stuff like that but number one is always sitting around that 150-ish mark 155 inch mark so to say that a 155 or a 160 was the biggest buck killed that year well you got bucks that are like 200 something inches killed in these other states. That's right. what they're saying. They're, they're big buck. Right. And that's not, we don't have a lot of non, Florida does not have no. a lot of non-typicals.
0: There's just, no. And when it does, Florida, it's like it's mainly, a spike on one end, you know, like it's yeah. Not,
1: Florida is, is mainly like eight and nine points. Yeah. I mean, even to kill a 10 point in Florida to me is something special because like I said, I've been hunting for, golly, like 12 or 13 years now on the same property and the amount – I can count the number of 10 points I've seen on one hand. You know what I mean? Wow. I, I've seen a ton of nines and a ton of big eights and everything else, but that's just not something – and like I said, I've got buddies that have been hunting longer than I have, and we, none of us have actually killed a 10-point in Florida. We I've, kill, I've killed more nines than you could probably count, <laughs> but <laughs> – and then I have had them where they just didn't have that brow tine. Like, they're technically a 10-point frame, right. but they just didn't have a brow tine on one side or, or something weird. Or they had the crab claw on the other side, but they didn't have it on that side. Sure. Um, so it's not to say that they're not there, but it's just not something. Even this year, uh, I mean, I've caught that one big 10 on camera on that one property, but that's the only 10-point I've seen on camera on that property in three years. And then on the other property, like I said, I maybe have caught a couple – that were actually 10 points on camera. And then I've seen one or two more. So it's not something I see very much. So uh, maybe another bold prediction for me this year will be that I kill a 10 point. (laughs) 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 That's probably, that's probably, that's just as bold as me saying I'm going to kill Romeo. Romeo has been a nine point. So I'm assuming he's going to stay that way. Unless something, unless he just kicks off,
0: but he doesn't really have a crab claw. This little super secret thing you did, he might turn into like a 13 point monster. Well, we did have a buck. We have a buck on camera where we only can see his
1: one side. See? And he's got five on that side. See? And I don't – that's not the five that Romeo has on his side. And he's an absolute stud of a buck. So, uh, who knows? We have one picture of him. But maybe he'll stick around and maybe he'll come through there during the season. But he, he's, in a, he's a big buck. But uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. That's uh, that's the beauty of us going in and making these predictions during the season. We could have like totally different seasons than yeah. what we're predicting for ourselves. Yeah. Obviously, I kill I Romeo could... on
0: public land in Tallahassee, and uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I fill none of my tags on uh... private land in Florida. <laughs>
1: oh man, what he you... could happen? Who knows? Maybe I kill fill all my tags on public. I, that's not going to happen, but. Uh, who knows what you find for man. sure who
0: knows what you find yeah
1: you you never know that that thirty one thousand acres could be loaded yeah just giant bucks and he's yeah. like wow well, i'm not even going to hunt these no bees. one's even hunting it <laughs> yeah it's
0: true you, you never know oh so, man well i'm looking forward to that what do you say we wrap this up and uh call it an episode let's do it bro all right guys well listen if you're listening to this we're we are one day closer to, to the season we're sitting about uh two months for me two and a half months for me and uh, probably about a month for you, Chase, right? A month and a, a week. A month and a week. He's not counting or anything, guys. But nope, uh, nope. nope. <laughs> if you're listening. I'm ready, baby. <laughs> he is. He's chomping at the bit. If uh, you're listening to this episode and you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Tell everybody about it. Leave us a review. We've had a massive bump in five-star reviews. Actually, let's pause for a second. I almost forgot something very important. We have a new Patreon subscriber, and one of the things we do for our new Patreon subscribers is we give them a shout-out on the podcast. So Sam, Marson and Jill, I think I'm saying your name right, buddy. Um, if not, feel free to harass me and let me know I said it wrong. But uh, he became a, a, a patron this past uh, week, and if you didn't listen to the previous episode or if, or if you haven't gotten caught up and you're listening to this one, for all of our Patreon subscribers, we are now doing quarterly giveaways. And this quarter, we're giving away a Predator platform. So um, if you're interested in a Predator platform, if you're interested in supporting this show, go to patreon.com forward slash Chasing Tales Outdoors. It's linked in the bio of this description. You can just tap uh, tap that link and it'll take you right there. And that money goes right to the production of the show. If we hit a, a goal of, of um can't remember how many patrons we've got it subscribed or we we've got set, but it's right there on the website. But if we hit that goal, we're gonna start investing in uh, decent video equipment so we can up the the YouTube channel. We're we're diving into that. But uh Yeah, guys, we appreciate you, Sam. We appreciate you, and uh, tell your friends about the podcast. Subscribe, go to YouTube, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and show us some love there, guys. And until next time, we hope you enjoy the great outdoors.